I'm Janine. This is KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine, and this is Get the Funk Out. Standing by to join me is Brennan Barnard. He is the College Admissions Program Advisor and part of Making Caring Common at the Harvard Graduate School of Education. Welcome. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Uh, Not sure if you knew my show was called Get the Funk Out, but now you do. I do. (laughs) I'd love it. Um, I don't know very many people who are not in a funk right now. Yeah. Yeah. And tell me about your role at Harvard. So the Making Caring Common Project, I mean, the, um, there are a number of different initiatives. And I mean, the, the overall goal is how do we raise um, young people who care about each other, themselves, and the common good. Yes. And um, my, my role within Making Caring Common is specifically around college admission. And how do we send, it's um, part of the Turning the Tide initiative. So Turning the Tide in College Admission, how do we send messages to um, young people about um, what is valued and sure. um, about kind of being um, good citizens and, and how, how do we use the, the college admission process, which can be sometimes um, uh, full of daunting and pressure and yeah. how can we use that to send the messages about what really matters. Yeah. I saw your article shared by Ariana Huffington. Oh, right. It was on LinkedIn. Yeah. And that's why I wanted to reach out to you because one of the things that it seems that the college counselors are really tuning into, not that they haven't been already, but right now is self-care. Yeah. Did yeah. you want to talk about that a little? Yeah, yeah, they always have. Um, right. But I think especially right now, um, it's, um, you know, that we've had over 350 uh, mission deans have signed this statement um, and, um, you know, schools all over the country, um, big, small, selective, non-selective, public, private, um, historically black colleges and universities, um, community colleges, you name it. And, and basically what they're saying is, look, we get it. <laughs> we get yeah. it. These are, these are stressful times. And if ever there was a time to take care of yourself, it's now. And we're not expecting you to jump through hoops and, and perform and be these extraordinary um, kind of beings um, in this time, especially. Yeah. Yeah. You're really tuning into the fact that you know that they're stressed. You know that they're going through a lot of hardships personally, right. you know, academically, whatever. I was so impressed with that. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's, um, it's all over the board, right? So it's, it's uh, students who are taking care of a younger sibling so their parents can go to work. It's um, students themselves who are frontline workers and are going to jobs where, you know, it's pretty stressful. They're worried about um, contracting the virus on a daily basis. Yes. Um, you know, food insecurity. I mean, like really real life problems. And, um, and so, you know, within that context, it's really important that they do take care of themselves and take care of each other. Um, so, um, it, it, it's been great to see the, the kind of rallying around this message, um, from college admission officers. When did it first start making care in common? When did this come about? The turn the tide initiative part of it, um, came about in 2016, um, when a number of, uh, college admission deans kind of came together and said, look, um, we are headed in the wrong direction, um, in terms of what, um, kind of the stress that students are under and, um, and how they're treating each other and 
that the 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 disconnection between what parents are saying they they value and what kids think their parents value. Mm. Um, and so this real um, kind of disconnect. And and so the College Admissions Needs kind of came together in 2016 and, and put out this initial report. Um, and then we actually put out another report last March um, around kind of ethical, um, ethical character in college admission for students and for, or for parents and for schools, for high schools. Um, interestingly enough, it was right hmm. at the same time. I wonder why. Yes, right. <laughs> Actually, we had been working on that, um, that report for, for months before any oh. of this surfaced. And then the um, irony. Yes, the irony. It was very fortuitous. Um, yeah. And, um, it was more important than ever. And so that's, that second report, Turn the Tide 2, um, came out um, uh, last spring. Not, you know, not the spring, just happened. I found it so ridiculous, and I won't name names or anybody in particular, how a parent could say their kid rode on the crew team and they had never rode, or they were a tennis player and they had never picked up a racket. I mean, you're really setting your kid up to lie and be a carn artist, you know. Right. Well, beyond just the beyond just the the dishonesty and the the gaming the system and the privilege, it is the yeah the message that you're sending to your your children about what matters and what sure. I mean, ethical human being and right. Yeah. 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 So I mean, that's the, the those that's the extreme case. Um, what we saw in the Varsity Blues, but um, you know, there's there's little ways that, um, and this is what our report kind of was getting at, that, you know, how can we use college admissions and this kind of rite of passage for some um, to make it a learning experience around um, ethical character and around right. commitment to others and um, these really important issues. I feel like this is a time for kids to really learn resilience or experience yeah. resilience because like for me, I was not a good student growing up. I, I really did very well by my senior year. And I understood struggle academically because I didn't really understand how to learn growing up. And I, it was a lot of it was my home life and not being motivated and understanding how to really buckle down. Yeah. And I felt like when kids can really dial into having a full life, a balance, that when they go off to college, they can take those habits with them and dial into how to be successful. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's um, that resilience piece is so important, and the self awareness. I think the yeah. kind of um, yeah, how do you take care of yourself, but also how do you ask? How do we? How do we as parents and educators, and how do students themselves ask the questions about um, why they're doing what they're doing, and just really be intentional and to um, to ask the question about kind of what what's the end goal right like yes is it what to is get the into the most selective school is it to what what does success mean and um is is it how i am as a human being and how i am in community or is it getting ahead and um winning at all costs right. and i think that's that's the really important message and and ironically i mean as it turns out and and this statement is i think is an example of that that's what that's the kind of student that colleges want to have on their campuses. They want to have those students who are taking care of themselves and taking care of their family and taking care of their, the, those in their community. Um, they don't want this, the students who are, you know, um, uber competitive and trying to, you know, get ahead at all costs and 
ripping pages out of the textbook in the library so others can't learn, right? I mean, right. They, well, here's they, a question for you, though. Typically, schools would look at what are your scores, what are your GPAs, what have you taken? Now, are they going to switch things to really look at the whole person? Because never before would you say, oh, I've been taking care of my grandmother while my mother went back to work because somebody needed to be with her. How are they going to, to really discover who this new person is? Right. I, I think it's a really, I mean, we've talked a lot about it as kind of this laboratory moment mm -hmm. of, kind of uh, for admission offices to be able to really step back and say, what are, what are the ways that we're assessing students and how can we, Yay. Um, yeah, how can we look at um, issues of character in the admission experience? Sure. And how can we um, ask questions in a different way or get at information in a different way when we yes. don't have testing and we don't have some of the normal usual metrics of college admission. Um, and I mean, the, the truth is in terms of grades, they have, I mean, they have grades, right? They have what, how a student did in their freshman and sophomore year and their most of their junior year and, and hopefully their senior year. Um, and so, you know, they have enough information to go on and they, they, they're going to rely on recommendations and they're going to rely on um, how a student is able to articulate their experience. But um, yeah, it opens the door, I think, to kind of um, what, are, what are better ways to get at um, a student's potential. Right. I mean, because I have known students that were phenomenal in high school, you know, took all the advanced, the AP classes, high scores, everything, that's all they did. And they've gone to college and they combusted. Right, they come unraveled, right? They, yeah. they really did. It was too much pressure. They got to school and they didn't know how to deal with conflict. They didn't know how to deal with ambiguity, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And I feel like, as you said earlier, long-term, what really matters is their mental health. Right. Not how they, what their GPA is when they graduated high school. Right, right. And that resiliency piece, and I mean, Colleges, I mean, colleges want students who are going to graduate in four years, right? Mm -hmm. they, I mean, th that's one of the key metrics in kind of how, how, how they're looked at as a college, you know, how, right. um, what's their retention rate and what's their four-year graduation rate. And, and also they care about the students they're educating. And so they, they want to know that the students who are coming to campus are going to be equipped to, to do that. Yes. Um, and um, yeah, mental health is a serious, serious issue on college campuses. I yes. mean, a lot of even before COVID, you know, a lot of college and um, college counseling offices on college campuses were doubling their staff, and they're just seeing huge increases in um, anxiety and depression, and um, you know, suicide. And I mean, I mean, it's it's a it's a crisis. It's an epidemic. It is, it is a crisis. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's really important. I think students learn now um, how to take care of themselves um, right. before they're kind of thrust onto living independent. And I think it's an opportunity for teachers to really dial into tuning into students that might not seem like they're doing well. You know, there could be a different reason why they bombed their test. There might be some underlying issue. Right. Well, and this, you know, so, so this is the huge disparity in our country, right? Um, how, how are teachers and counselors in high schools able to um, really stay tied into students, right? I mean, um, there's some, the, you know, the, the national student counselor ratio in high schools 
is something like 450 to one. So one counselor. Whoa, Brennan, that's insane. When, when it's recommended that um, it should be one in two, to 250. So, and, and I mean, there's just these huge inequities um, when we look at our, when we look at our K-12 um, education. I mean, 14 million students in the country are in a school where there's a sworn police officer but no access to a counselor or nurse or mental health professional, right? So when you look at that, how, how, do, we, how do we care for our young people when, when, that's, um, when we're showing that that's what we value? And I, I, think, right. I think we really, we really need to, um, we really need to get a handle on that. Yes. How do you think people will get a handle on that? How do you think schools will begin to change the way they, handle stress of students? Well, I think they're going to see more and more. I mean, right now, um, you know, schools are facing budget cuts and, and all that kind of thing. And, and, and I think they're going to see, I mean, a lot, of, a lot of counselors in public schools, you know, they're not even able to do post-secondary counseling, like counseling kids for college and helping them apply to college because they're, they're you know, dealing with food insecurity and they're dealing with um, abuse issues and they're dealing with kids who, um, are really struggling. And, um, you know, I think we need to just, um, as a, as a society, as an education system, we need to put more resources there. Um, I agree. Yeah. And, and, and not only care for kids, but also, um, teach kids how to care for themselves and for yes. each other. Yeah. One of the things I always talk about in my show is teaching them how to be thoughtful to themselves, mm-hmm. but also thoughtful to others. And that's, something you talked about it's a wonderful thing if they do care for that grandparent or their younger brother or sister and because sometimes helping somebody else gets you out of your own mindset for a little while yeah and helping we talk a lot about helping with not helping for Mm -hmm. right like really working with the, the people you're you're serving rather than just kind of this this kind of doing it um you know one of the things and and we outline this in the in the statement is this kind of um, colleges aren't expecting students to um, do these amazing volunteer projects and, you right. know, the, what we call the volunteer Olympics, right? This is not right. a competition to see who can, who can volunteer the most or do the most grandiose thing, right. it, you know, travel halfway across the world to, to volunteer. You know, it could be um, helping in your community in really important ways and um, whether it's a, helping a family member, but um, it could be making masks. Um, it could be, um, who knows, contact tracing. It could be um, getting out the vote. I mean, who knows, you know, ways that you're volunteering to, um, to make our um, society better and, 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 and not have it to be about you, like you said. Like, yes. Have it to be something outside yourself. Because that's definitely a mood lift. When you go out and let's say I see an elderly neighbor on my street and I say, do you need help with something? Or, and they might say, you know what? I don't go to the grocery store and I, I need help getting X, Y, and Z. Can you help me? Right. You know? Right. right. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I mean, um, you know, I'm here in New Hampshire. I live in New Hampshire. And uh, last Christmas, my kids and I went out and um, there was a huge snowstorm and we just had some time and they ended up shoveling out a um, elderly couple that lived down the road from us. Nice. Just because, you know, we were out on a walk and that we saw them struggling and they, they right. helped. And for the rest of the day, 
my kids, you know, it wasn't about the gifts and, and the kind of hubbub of Christmas yeah. for them. It was about, wow, you know, we really made a difference in these people's day and, and brightened their day. And, and that kind of thing, um, that has such a lasting impact. It's huge. Look at the impact you made on your kids. Right, right, right. And, and so I think if we can create opportunities for students to engage in those and we can send messages like this to, to say, look, it, it matters. Um, but even at this, at this time of kind of this, this pandemic and, you know, if you're not able to do those things, it's all right, right? right? It's, it's, yes. it's all right. Take care of yourself yes. um, first because, it's, you know, it's kind of that, that airplane model, right? You know, put on your own Ask oxygen first, mask yeah. first, right? I mean, so um, there's not this huge expectation that you're going to, um, you know, solve the world's problems yes. especially right now. And sometimes I find that this works for me and other people. Sometimes doing nothing can get you the answers to something. So if I go outside and I sit under a tree, which I rarely do, yeah. stare at the sky, I, something, a sense of calm will come over me and I might find an answer with a rational mind to something that's been troubling me. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a, huge, I'm a huge believer in the power of mindfulness um, and having a meditation practice or, uh, I mean, I, I do myself, but also just the power of mindfulness in schools. Yes, um, and how teaching students that ability to kind of sit with themselves and just kind of sit through a stressful time is really important. Yeah, uh, it's actually a um, a nationwide effort. There's a, a institute called the Mindful Mindfulness Directors Initiative, um, and uh, a group that's trying to um, create um, positions in schools for a mindfulness director to great to these programs which is you know programs like that are just so needed so they needed. are they are a lot of it is i believe the technology you know they're on their phones a lot there's nothing much to do they're on zoom they're bored you know they're over it right. and so they get really swept up into technology because that's the way they can connect with people but it can be to a fault yeah. where they forget how to you know what you know, go out for a walk, ride a bike, right. have a social distancing walk with a friend, something, yeah. you know? Well, and that's, it's, yeah, it's a slippery slope, right? It's great to have the connection, but um, again, not to talk about my own kids the whole time, but my, my daughter was really, was supposed to go away to camp, to a sleepaway camp for part of the summer. And um, her biggest um, regret, I mean, she's going to miss her friends and everything like that. Yeah. But she said, you know, I look forward to that time because it's two weeks that I'm not on my phone. Right. And I'm wow. not, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm forced to be away from it. How it, honest. Yeah. How sometimes we really need, we need yeah. that structure to kind of prevent uh, us from being um, kind of just nonstop inundated with. So maybe we have to devise that at home, pretend you're away. I'm, I'm steps ahead of you. Yeah, that's you know, right. It's hard. It's easier said than done because they do get pulled from and everybody has issues and they want to be the helpers and solving things. And, but boy, is it draining? Yeah, it sure is. Yeah. yeah. Anything else you'd like to add, especially about that wonderful article you wrote that was shared on LinkedIn? Oh, thanks. Yeah. I, um, just that I think it's really important that, um, that students and their caregivers understand that this is, um, they mean this, right? And, and like when, when colleges say, you know, they're not gonna, they're not requiring standardized testing, you know, they're going test optional for this year or beyond, they mean it, right? They, it, yeah. it, they, 
test optional means test optional and they mean care for yourself. And um, so, and I think it's, again, it's just a, a chance to step back and be gentle with yourself and to, um, if, if you're, appreciate what you have, if you do have things and if you don't, um, to share those resources with others and to um, reach out to people who are in need. And um, if you're fortunate enough to, to um, you know, ha have access to counseling, to sure. resources, to whatever, um, right. and um, kind of pay it forward. And they should, because they shouldn't go it alone. You know, sometimes oh, people can't talk to their parents. They don't have that sense of connection. Maybe reach out to a coach, a mentor, a counselor, somebody. Yeah, I often say, I mean, one one concerned adult in a in a young person's life, I think, is is all it takes. Mm -hmm. um, and and I really encourage students to identify who that adult is. Yes. Um, not, not every student has, you know, immediately has an adult like that in their lives. And so um, to try to kind of identify whether it's a teacher, a coach, a pastor, a you know, a counselor, a parent, whoever it might be, but um, really identify that person and. Um, and use them as a, as a support. One thing I want to add too, is I'm hearing, because my daughters have been online too, um, I'm hearing people say, I'm not doing very well. The workload is, in, is insane, it's crazy. I'm just not doing as well as I'd normally do. I'm overwhelmed. There's so many factors. What would you say to the student who says, I'm really not excelling online? Right. Um, I, I missed the last part of you. Oh. What would you say to the student who said, I'm really not excelling online? Oh, yeah. Um, that, um, you know, find ways to be engaged um, or create connection uh, with friends. I mean, it's, it, yeah, it's, it's not for everyone. Um, right. I would say um, use it as a, a teachable moment as much as possible. And, and, and like you said earlier, kind of a, a lesson in resilience. And um, how are ways, if, if, um, you know, if, if online learning isn't working for you, how are ways you can make it work for you? Um, what, are, what are ways you can reach out to your teacher or um, reach out to friends to create a kind of- Study off, group. Yeah, study group. My daughter group. did that. Yeah. She found somebody yeah. that is interested in working on a class and they, they yeah. meet at a social distance. It's been the best thing. Yeah, and, or just, yeah, just go on a walk with somebody and, and be able to um, kind of connect around uh, what you're learning in class or you know, whatever it might be. Fantastic. Yeah. Any last bit of advice for people that are in a funk right now? Just get the funk out. Just get it out. Um, and, um, and, you know, keep your eyes on, on what's ahead. And, um, and um, I, you know, I think identifying, again, your your why why are you doing what you're doing mm -hmm. and um find even the littlest pieces of hope that you can and and kind of um stay with those <laughs> you bet tough time yeah if people want to find out more about you or connect with you where can they find you um making caring common um has a website that you can go on and subscribe to our um, email list um uh mcc dot um, uh, you know what? I put it on my show blog. Don't worry about okay, it. Good. I uh, put a link. I'm just going to grab it. Well, anyway, it's on my show blog, which is yeah. funkoutshow.kuci.org. It'll be with this conversation and there'll be links to it. Great. 
Okay. Great. And I'm also, I'm also on LinkedIn and a um, bunch of other places if they want. I, I, um, I, I wrote a book as well um, called The Truth About College Admission. Oh, uh, when did it come out? Uh, it came out last uh, fall. I co-authored it with the um, Rick Clark, who's the director of admission at Georgia Tech. Fantastic. Uh, a family guide to getting in and staying together. So all about kind of how to go through this um, and stay unified. And so um, uh, you can find information about me there too. Sounds good. Yeah. Brennan, it's been great chatting with you. Thank yeah, thanks you for all you do. Time. Absolutely. All right, take good care. Thank you.